With easy-to-use, inexpensive urinalysis regent strips, which are about 15 cents per strip, you can quickly test your pee at home and obtain some interesting and really useful information. Today, we're going to talk about which strips to get, how to use them, what your results mean, and what to do about those results. Welcome to episode 26 of Ask Dr. Emily, a weekly podcast where we explore the what, the why, and the how of health issues from a holistic perspective. We'll talk about the signs and symptoms to look out for, the root causes of various health conditions, and the most effective and doable solutions for addressing them. Each episode will empower you with knowledge and inspire you towards achieving outstanding health naturally. So let's talk about how urine test strips work. Urine test strips, also known as urinalysis reagent strips, consist of a plastic or a paper strip a few millimeters wide, um, like half the width of your finger, with several tiny square fabric pads on the strip, which react when exposed to your urine. And I'm going to make sure that bell doesn't happen again. (laughs) Um, And then they change colors depending on the concentration of various compounds in your pee. And how do you use them? So the what you want to do is to collect a few ounces of your urine in a jar or another glass vessel and then do the testing right away while it's fresh. I like to use a small glass spice jar for this that is dedicated to this use and it just lives in the bathroom ready for me to use when it's time to test. I recommend testing at the same time or times of day every time uh, so it's more apples to apples and testing at least weekly but you can do it even up to several times a day if you want to. If you get into it and you're having fun, that's great. Um, And then uh, the first morning urine is your top priority. So if you're only going to do one test once a week, do it at, you know, like 6 a.m., 7 a.m. before you do anything else. and Or 8 a.m., whatever your first thing in the morning time is. Um, All right, so to begin... You want to open up the stopwatch function on your phone or another device. Don't start it yet. Just have it open so it's ready. And then also open the camera on your phone or another camera device. uh, So they're both quickly and easily accessible. This is important. Then lay a piece of paper towel down on the surface that you're going to be using. And then take your urine sample that you just collected and stir it with a clean metal butter knife or a small spoon and then immediately after stirring dip the test strip into the urine sample for about five seconds one mississippi two mississippi three mississippi four mississippi five mississippi and then tap the strip on the edge of the jar as you take it out to remove most of the excess pee lay the test strip down on the paper towel color pad side up and immediately start start your stopwatch Then open the camera on your phone or whatever device, and while watching the stopwatch, take a picture of the test strip at 30 seconds, 45 seconds, 60 seconds, and 2 minutes to capture the colors on your test strip at each of those time markers. Then, referencing the correct photo for the appropriate time, 
for each urinary marker, compare the colors on your test strip with the chart on the bottle. So, um, so you're going to have your four pictures, right? And different markers are meant to be looked at at different time intervals, which is why you take those different photos. So now, here's the fun part. Let's jump into what exactly you can learn from a 10-parameter urinalysis test strip. And then let's talk about the recommended next steps based on your results. Number one is leukocytes. And on a urine strip, the leukocytes test looks for the presence of leukocyte esterase, which is present in white blood cells like monocytes and granulocytes. (laughs) And white blood cells are part of your immune system, and they are responsible for helping to fight infections as well as other diseases. High numbers of leukocytes often indicate an infection, usually viral or bacterial, although it could be parasitic, um, and or elevated levels of inflammation. If you have elevated leukocytes on your urine test strip, then a basic set of blood work and a consult with your doc are recommended next steps. Or if you're more of a DIY kind of person, you might want to check out my articles, The Best Immune Boosting Foods and Immune Boosting Fire Cider. But you probably should still talk to your doc, just in case you have an infection. Number two, nitrites. High nitrite levels in the urine can indicate possible asymptomatic infections that are caused by nitrate-reducing bacteria. So, for example, some bacteria that most commonly cause urinary tract infections can um, have in, will have enzymes that convert the nitrate that are present from the bacteria in the urine to nitrite. So in that case, if you have elevated nitrites, same recommendations apply here as in number one. Number three, urobilinogen. Your intestinal bacteria convert the bilirubin that is excreted by the bile duct in your intestine into urobilinogen and stercobilinogen. There's going to be a quiz later. Don't forget those. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Part of the urobilinogen is reabsorbed in the intestine and then circulated in the blood to the liver where it is excreted. But some of this recirculated urobilinogen is filtered out by the kidneys and appears in your urine. So any deterioration in liver function will reduce your ability to process that recirculated urobilinogen. And so the excess that remains in the blood is then filtered out by your kidneys and appears in your urine. So what does this mean? High urinary urobilinogen is usually an indicator of a stressed liver, meaning your liver's having a hard time filtering stuff out. There's too much for it to filter. It's not keeping up. And that means it's time to clean things up, doing a round of clean keto and or my super effective cleanse, Dr. Emily's 10-Day Detox. Number four, protein. Optimally, urine contains very little protein. Proteinuria, also known as protein in your urine, is often associated with early kidney disease, but it can also indicate muscle damage, such as from hard workouts or from dehydration. 
If your test strip indicates protein in your urine, then what I recommend is that you spend a few days very conscientiously hydrating yourself really well. You can see my guide, How Much Water Should You Drink, for details. With pink sea salt and or electrolyte drops added to your water to assist with hydration. Then, see if the proteinuria recedes. If so, then it was likely just a case of dehydration, which is super, super common, by the way. If it remains despite good hydration plus sea salt or electrolytes, further investigation into your kidney function is advisable as it's much easier to turn things around early on, especially with the kidneys. You can order yourself a basic set of blood work and have me do a functional blood chemistry analysis for you. And that can tell you a lot about your overall health and wellness, including kidney function. And for links to all those goodies, uh, check out the show notes at dremilyfranklin.com. Now, number five, pH. This is one of the most, if not the most, useful marker on the urine test strip, as urinary pH has wide-ranging indications for health, or implications, I should say. The pH of urine typically varies between 4.5 and 8, with the first morning urine generally being more acidic and the urine produced after meals generally being more alkaline. The higher the number, the more basic or alkaline your urine is, and the lower the number, the more acidic your urine is. Optimal urinary pH is 7.0, pretty close to neutral. However, the tested average over thousands of people is 6.0. So acidity, also known as metabolic acidosis, is very common. And this is in large part because of the way we typically eat. Foods that tend to make our systems and thus our urine more acidic are CAFO meats, that's the concentrated area feeding operation meats, non-organic foods of all kinds because of toxins, all grains, dairy, sweeteners, whether they're natural or artificial, processed foods of all kinds, and alcohol. Other factors that tend to increase acidity are dehydration, chronic stress, exposure to environmental toxins, various medications, and electrolyte and other mineral deficiencies. So if your urinary pH is below that optimal level of 7.0, you almost certainly need more plain filtered water and more electrolytes in the form of pink sea salt and or unflavored unsweetened electrolyte drops. If drinking more plain water and sea salt or electrolyte drops regularly for a few days doesn't bring your urinary pH all the way up to 7.0, next step is consuming more magnesium-rich foods and or taking a good quality, highly absorbable magnesium supplement is often helpful. And little side note here, magnesium is not expensive. It is absolutely worth the extra money for getting a good quality supplement. And that's generally true of supplements in general. So taking magnesium is generally a great idea anyway for achieving and maintaining optimal health because most people are deficient in magnesium due to depleted soils and the presence of chronic elevated stress levels. Another quick trick for improving systemic and urinary pH and thus improving health is to have some lemon water just before meals. 
So for example, you could add one tablespoon of lemon juice to four to eight ounces of water to taste. So you take that one tablespoon of lemon juice, that part stays the same, and then you just add as much water as you like to make it uh, palatable. And even though lemon juice is itself acidic, it has an alkalinizing effect on the blood and the urine. It's also a good digestion booster, helping to break down foods for improved assimilation of nutrients. Good stuff. Just remember, if you are doing intermittent or extended fasting, lemon will break your fast. So only have it inside or at the start of your eating window. Now, if good hydration plus sea salt and electrolytes and increasing magnesium intake together, all those together, don't get you to that 7.0 urinary pH, it's time to look at your breathing. What? (laughs) Yep, it's true. Acidic urine can indicate obstructed sinus pathways and or mouth breathing during the day or at night, right? So if you have sleep apnea, um, It can cause this, and even just mild mouth breathing can cause it. And this will lead to a lower absorption of oxygen, increased systemic inflammation, and increased utilization of electrolytes. So it's kind of a vicious circle. So for this issue, the mouth breathing, there's a fairly simple fix. Um, And this works for mouth breathing as well as nasal congestion and or, right, both. Square breathing plus mouth taping. It's a powerful combo that contributes greatly to overall health. This is in part because of improved sleep quality, and who couldn't use that? So uh, check out the show notes for links to more information about square breathing and mouth taping. And check out James Nestor's excellent book, Breath, for lots of fascinating info on this important topic. Now, if your urinary pH is above 8, this can often indicate infection, particularly UTI, urinary tract infection. And so then in that case, the same recommendations as number one apply. Number six, blood. Blood can be present in your urine, either in the form of intact red blood cells, which is called hematuria, or as the product of red blood cell destruction known as hemoglobinuria. Hematuria produces cloudy red urine, and hemoglobinuria appears as a clear red in the urine. The presence of intact red blood cells in your urine typically signifies some kind of blood loss in the lower part of the urinary tract, like the urethra, bladder, or ureters. And high hemoglobinuria, or hematuria, can indicate kidney inflammation. Regardless, If there's blood in your urine, a visit to your doc is in order. Number seven, specific gravity. Like pH, this is another very important marker in your urine test. The specific gravity, SG, of urine is a measure of the density of the substances that are dissolved in your urine and indicates your kidney's ability to balance water content and excretion of wastes. The less water that's in your urine and the greater concentration of particles, i.e. wastes, the higher the specific gravity. Optimal specific gravity is 1.005 to 1.030. It's a pretty tight range. High specific gravity typically indicates that your level, 
it it will indicate your level of dehydration, right? So the higher the SG, the more dehydrated you are. And high SG can also indicate a higher level of toxin burden in your body and or a higher level of toxin excretion, such as what happens during a cleanse like my program, Dr. Emily's 10-Day Detox. You know, in that case, it's a good sign because you're getting the stuff out, but it does still indicate that you probably need more hydration. So as with numbers four and five, plentiful hydration with plain filtered water and pink sea salt or electrolyte drops should be your first response to an elevated SG. Do that regularly every day for a week, that good hydration with salt or electrolytes. If that doesn't do the trick, then it's time to give your body some extra help with house cleaning by doing clean keto and or doing my detox. Note that elevated protein levels in the urine from a hard workout will also produce slightly elevated specific gravity. In that case, just wait and test again in a few days when your body has had time to more fully recover from that workout. And remember, one or two hard workouts per week with three to four days between is plenty for achieving and maintaining optimal health. And more can actually do more harm than good. Not giving your muscles ample recovery time and also stimulating excess levels of the stress hormone cortisol. Number eight. The term, uh, number eight is ketones. The term ketones or ketone bodies refers to three different metabolic products that come from fatty acids. So these are acetone, acetoacetic acid, and beta-hydroxybutyric acid, also known as beta-hydroxybutyrate. So unless you are newly on keto or a very low-carb diet, elevated concentrations of ketones are not usually found in your urine, since most ketones are completely metabolized to produce ATP energy, carbon dioxide, and water. However, low carbohydrate intake and or burning a lot of fat, either dietary fat or from your body stores, can lead to high urinary ketones, which is good, since ketones are a byproduct of the metabolism of fat. It's not necessarily good to have high urinary ketones, but it's good to have ketones because it's great fuel. But having the ketones show up in your urine happens especially when you're first getting started with a low-carb diet because your body isn't yet great at using all those ketones for fuel. So the excess fuel gets dumped into the urine. This is a little bit like pouring gasoline into a gas tank that has a hole in it. It's a little wasteful, but given time your body will get better at using them, and then the ketones don't show up in your pee anymore. So in other words, in most cases, excess ketones that show up in your urine are simply wasted calories that you didn't utilize. If you're in ketosis and you have been eating a high-fat diet and or have been restricting carbohydrates for a while, you're probably keto-adapted, and this means that even when you are in ketosis, urine strips are not going to show any ketones because you'll be burning them for fuel, not excreting them. Note, keto adaptation can happen in as few as two weeks into a low-carb or keto diet and after just a few days when returning to keto after a period of higher carb. And some people can actually get back into ketosis in less than a day. In fact, children can get 
back into ketosis in just a few hours. So all of this is to say, if you have ketones in your urine and you are eating low carb, your body is still likely working on adapting to burning fat for fuel. So give it a couple weeks and those urinary ketones should disappear. However, if you have ketones in your urine and you are not low carb, this is cause for concern and you need to go see your doc right away. Number nine, bilirubin. Now, bilirubin is like a normal by, excuse me, byproduct of red blood cell recycling. However, bilirubin can appear in your urine when this normal recycling is altered due to obstruction of the biliary ducts. This can be because of insufficient bile production or blocked flow due to thick bile or when kidney function is impaired. These issues can allow bilirubin to escape into circulation. So elevated urinary bilirubin is an early indication that your liver is overworked and stressed out or that your bile production is insufficient or your bile flow is blocked or thick. In any case, it's time to clean house. And again, great ways to accomplish that are clean keto and or my 10-day detox. And also um, doing a beet root powder or beet kvass, um, you know, beet, beet products of various kinds can really help um, to stimulate bile production and to thin the bile flow uh, so that it's not blocked and it's not thick. Um, so for more on that, check out my post about the health benefits of beets for more details. All right, last but not least, number 10, glucose. Under normal conditions, nearly all excess glucose in your system that makes it as far as your kidneys is reabsorbed by your kidneys. But if your blood glucose level increases dramatically and or you have diabetes, the capacity of the kidneys to reabsorb glucose can be exceeded. This threshold is typically between 160 to 180 milligrams per deciliter. So that's a really high blood sugar level. And when you hit that threshold, this can cause glucose to get dumped into the urine. So if you see elevated glucose in your urine, your blood sugar regulation is impaired and it needs attention ASAP. So if you, um, if you don't already have a diagnosis of diabetes in that case, then you need to go to your doc. Um, or, you know, if you already know that you have diabetes, but your blood sugar is still going that high, yeah, you need to go see your doc. <laughs> but, um, but also, for more info on how to address this issue naturally, stay tuned for my upcoming two-part article series on reversing type 2 diabetes naturally. And even if you don't have diagnosed diabetes, that series will help you. So summing up, as you can see, this simple inexpensive urine test, which is quick and easy to perform at home, can give you a lot of really useful information that can guide you towards making appropriate and effective changes that can greatly improve your overall health and well-being. How awesome is that? Would you like more ideas for next steps to take on your holistic health journey? Then check out my roadmap to optimal health at dremilyfranklin.com slash start dash here, as well as my collection of articles, podcast episodes, and healthy, easy, delicious recipes. 
And until next week, eat well, be well, and enjoy.